Hey, y'all, it's Jesse. We are hard at work on a batch of new episodes coming for you in the fall. So, in the meantime, we'll be throwing it back to a great episode with Brittany Luce. Now, Brittany's an award-winning journalist and host, but she also brought us two, count them, two great recipes you will absolutely want to have on your Thanksgiving table. So, have a listen. Hi, I'm Brittany Luce, and I am the host of It's Been a Minute on NPR. I have been hosting and producing podcasts for years at this point. But when I was a kid, I desperately wanted to be a performer. And (laughs) when I was young, I used to sing children's parts in the local opera. I think my favorite was when I got to be one of the altar boys in an opera called Tosca. I think it ends in a death, but the scene that I was in was fun. (laughs) I'm Jesse Sparks, and this is The One Recipe. A podcast that turns to chefs and home cooks with a big question in mind. What is their one? That recipe that turns yet another weeknight dinner into something truly special. This week, we're catching up with Brittany Luce. Brittany's an award-winning journalist, a cultural critic, and the host of NPR's It's Been a Minute, a show exploring culture's biggest moments and the fascinating stories behind them. She's also hosted and created some of my favorite podcasts, like The Nod and For Colored Nerds. Listening to her stories and insights feels like hanging with family. So pull up a chair and get comfortable. Brittany, hello. It's so great to have you. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. I know I and so many other radio heads and NPR fans have been following you forever, but they haven't always heard you talk that much about food. Is there a food-focused cultural moment that you wish you could have discussed or still might want to? Oh my gosh, I hadn't even thought about that. That's such a good question. Is there a food-focused cultural moment that I have not discussed? Well, you know, you want to know something? You want to know something that I always think is of the moment and an opinion that I have? I think people eat too much cheese. I don't think it belongs in everything. And I don't think the quantities that people eat it in are, I don't even, I'm not even talking about medically. I'm not a doctor. I don't know anything about that. I'm not a gastroenterologist. (laughs) I just mean, I feel like, like, I believe that cheese is an ingredient, possibly a snack. You know, Mm -hmm. I like a little, you know, little slice here and there, but I, I don't think that cheese is really meant to be the main event in something. And I will stand by that. I will die on that hill. I will scream at it from the rooftops. <laughs> like literally, like when I scroll TikTok at night and my husband is laying next to me, I feel like all he hears is me being like, oh, too much cheese. Disgusting. So just, that's my opinion. I, There's a certain point in cheesiness where it just doesn't serve the dish anymore and you just don't yeah. need to pass it. Not every single dish needs that cheese pull. Also, if your cheese pull is maybe four feet long, that's... Potentially something to think about. To That's something to think about. Also, yeah. like, why are you walking four feet away from your food? <laughs> what are you doing? Listen, if you are just if you were crossing <laughs> the kitchen for a cheese pull, you have gone too far. You've gone to not all pizza needs to like the pizza from the Goofy movie, a masterpiece in its own right. <laughs> but Goofy movie took us too far with the cheese pulls. Uh, so I know that for so many people, there 
constantly kind of treating cooking like work. Um, is food and cooking for you more of something you do for pleasure or is it more something that you do to just keep yourself fed and going? Well, if you'd asked me this question in February of 2020, I would have said that cooking is my passion. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It's my creative <laughs> And then once I really started like cooking all of my meals at home and washing, I mean, I'm saying right now, I was like washing all of my dishes. My husband is sitting not too far from me because we work together <laughs> at home all day long together by choice. It's yep. so fun. But I'm sure he's like, girl, he was not washing dishes. But I washed more <laughs> dishes than was comfortable for me personally. Obviously, the downside of that is that like it started to make cooking kind of feel like labor in a way that I hadn't previously experienced, even though it absolutely is. But it hadn't always felt that way to me. But it also definitely gave me a greater appreciation for like how much cooking my mom did for me and my sisters and my dad when I was growing up. So I've had to like kind of get back to enjoying cooking over the past year or so. I've begun to like get back into like seeing it as like a source of like enjoyment. But yeah, cool. I, it's, I honestly, I love food. I love to cook. You you mentioned that your mom and your dad were influential in your cooking. But well, my, my did mom. Did you grow up? I love my father, but yeah, yeah, cooking yeah. is not his ministry. Oh. I'm sorry. It's just not, it's not something <laughs> that know, he did. He did news. every, my dad's a breakfast guy. So he would yes. do like, he traveled a lot for work when I was growing up. So on Saturday morning is when he would do like, that was, he would do breakfast. Did you grow up in a house that really celebrated food? Oh, yeah, absolutely. My mom was like the extended family go-to cook. So like all of our holidays, Thanksgiving, Christmas, Easter, pretty much all were spent at our house um, because my mom was going to throw down. Oh, my gosh. So with that background, what recipe are you bringing us today? Well, I am bringing you something of a double header. In fact, two recipes that go together, weekend grits and weeknight collard greens. This is not my mom's collard greens. And also not my mom's grits, because she and I cook grits and collard greens slightly differently. Ooh. Yes. Come on now. When I first started dating my husband, and I, my mom had said this thing to me <laughs> a long time ago oh, when no. I was young, where she says, like, if you, if you cook for a man, you'll be in the kitchen for the rest of your life. So I was like, bet, say no more. So when I would date people, I just would never cook anything. Like I would just resist it. And so when I started dating my now husband, I just wouldn't cook really anything for, I think maybe for like three months or something like that. I cooked like, we were hungry one night. So I cooked like some cheeseburgers. I was like, okay, this is what we're going to have. But other than that, I hadn't really cooked too much aside from scrambled eggs and some toast. And so one day I was like, you know, I really like him. I'm going to show him that I like him. And I decided Ooh. to make him shrimp and grits and collard greens. Now this is a back pocket recipe, so we're not I'm not gonna have y'all going out and getting shrimp and deveining and going through all the drama. But <laughs> when you wanna have a good, deeply savory grit, I'm not wading into this savory versus sweet grit conversation because we don't have the time. We will be here all we'll night. We'll be here all night. We'll be here all day. But if you want a good savory grit. And a good collard green, but like, you're like, I didn't have time to get to the store to get ham hocks. Or like, I only have 60 to 90 minutes. This is a, a grit and a collard green that you can do in roughly an hour and eat them together. The richness of the grits really supports the brininess and the broth of the collard greens. And they just mix together so well. At this point, hey, it's the best of both worlds. So let's get right into <laughs> right, it. Come okay. on now. So, <laughs> take me, take me through um, it. so for the greens... You're going to need what I would call a greens pot. You know, when you see it, it's a big, heavy pot that you would stew something in. So if you're more of like a 
like braised short rib girly than like whatever that mm-hmm. pot is. You're going to bust that pot out. Um, it could be like a Dutch oven or it could be like a really big stock a pot. A really big stock pot. But yeah, that's what you want. You want to yeah. have like a big pot. doesn't have to be the heaviest pot, but heaviness can help. But it's mm-hmm. something that like is deep enough and wide enough that you could comfortably stew in it. Yes. So you're going to um, <laughs> heat that up to like medium-ish, medium-high. And you're going to heat up some olive oil and butter. Also, if you don't have olive oil, then some like vegetable oil is fine. About one to two tablespoons each of those. And you're going to get like them, you know, not like hot enough so that the oil is shimmering, but the butter is going to foam and, you know, kind of do all those things. So you're going to add as much oil or butter. You want to add roughly equal amounts, but like, you know, enough to kind of cover things on the bottom and have, you know, we're not going to have any meat in these collard greens. So you got to have some fat in there. So yeah, yeah, you have to make sure that things aren't sticking to the bottom of the pod exactly. and just burning immediately. Exactly, like you're not, you got to keep things moving around. Exactly. So then you're going to take like one small yellow onion chopped, and you're going to saute that in this butter and olive oil until it's translucent. So for about five to seven minutes, and it's starting to smell really good. You're starting to feel really excited about these greens you're about to have in like literally less than an hour. <laughs> then you're going to add a couple of pinches of red pepper flakes. Freshly cracked ground pepper, like black pepper, just like take the mill in there. And then you're going to add salt, like just shake some on there, just enough to feel like, okay, these onions are kind of seasoned. And then (laughs) you also want to add about four to five like minced cloves of garlic, however you come to that. I know some people like to use the knife. Some people like to use the garlic press. I'm not judgmental. Do whatever is easiest for you. Um, And then you're going to like continue to saute all of those in the oil, kind of like warming and blooming your spices in the pot because they're going to be covered in liquid soon. And you kind of want to give them a chance to heat up in the oil on their own before they're doused in this liquid. So then... Then I add like a tablespoon or so of liquid smoke because we don't have ham hocks. We don't have turkey Ooh. leg. We're adding liquid smoke because this is going to help to give us that little smoky flavor. So this is where a lot of people who do vegan or vegetarian greens, a lot of times they'll put the greens in first and saute them a little bit. But I like to actually just get the cooking liquid set first. I like actually building out the stock so that it feels like it has a good balance before we add in the greens. So then after I add in the, like a little bit of liquid smoke, then I add in enough stock, either veggie or chicken stock, whatever you want, that seems like it would cover the greens. So like maybe three to four cups. So I like to then get that to a simmer and taste that to make sure the balance in the non-meat stock is in a good place. And so then I might add a little bit more liquid smoke than if necessary. But then after that, once the stock is all set, once the little smoky little stock, little pot liquor is all set, then we're going to dunk in the washed and trimmed collard greens, about a pound and a half to two pounds. Really dunk those in another two to three minutes into that liquid that you've got going to make sure that Mm -hmm. every leaf has hit the heat and the aromatics and the collard greens have gotten all mixy, mixy. Like you kind of want the leaves to start to settle a little bit, to wilt a little bit. Um, And then you're going to cover and cook until the greens are tender. That takes about 45 minutes, but you're going to check on them at 40 minutes for final seasoning adjustments. And I find that like at 40 minutes is the point where the greens are almost completely cooked, but they've lost their bitterness. And then you can actually start to taste. So like you're solving the equation of the flavor balance. That for me means at that point, like it might mean adding more salt to bring some more flavors up. I might start to add a few splashes of ACV or white distilled vinegar, or 
like a kiss of honey. It just makes things... Yeah, it's just... It just gets things right. Yeah, honey. it rounds things out. So once the seasoning is balanced out, right? You got the sweetness, the smokiness, all these things. You just c- keep cooking them for like another five minutes until it looks like something that you would have at Christmas dinner. And that's... Oh, that's awesome. The greens situation. Let's get to these grits. So the grits, you bring a pot of water, three cups of water, to like what I would call a lively simmer. You add a few dashes of salt, but not too much salt because we're going to be seasoning and adding all sorts of other things that have sodium in them later. Then you're going to swirl in with a whisk, one cup of yellow grits. I like Bob's Red Milk. I know everyone's like, oh, Anson Mills. Good for you. I don't have Anson Mills money or Anson Mills time to wait for them to deliver the grits (laughs) to my house. So if Anson Mills wants to send me some grits, I'm open to that. But when I go to the corner store, they have Bob's. Red Mill. So I think Bob's Red Mill does a really good job. Bring then the one cup of grits that you've whisked in, bring that back up to sort of like a a little bit of a simmer. And then mm-hmm. you're going to turn the heat down low and then cook those grits for about 50 to 60 minutes. You're going to be whisking every few minutes and adding more liquid if necessary. Liquid for me means like water toward the end once it starts getting a little juicy. Then I might actually start to cut in like a little bit of dairy into that water, like maybe a little bit of heavy cream. Right. Um, or if I like have some stock in my fridge I got to get rid of, then we might be putting in some chicken stock. Don't put veggie stock in your grits. Do not put veggie stock in your grits. Don't put veggie stock in your grits because you will be depressed. You will be depressed. So um, so then, yeah, so then you just kind of like continue to whisk in liquid if you need to to keep things kind of from sticking and to make sure that the, the grits or the grain that they're being like given enough liquid to really get juicy like how they need to. Once they're done cooking, like I said, about 50 to 60 minutes, each grit starts to look like a fat, gorgeous yellow pearl. And Ooh. you turn the heat off. I add about I add about a quarter to a third cup of heavy cream. Mm-hmm. Add in some cheese. I don't like I said earlier, I'm like, I know, but I said cheese is an ingredient. So treat it like one in this case. I'm going to let you add the cheese at your discretion, but (laughs) grate it. Don't get the pre-grated from the the front in the bag. When you're doing a little taco night, go for it. But in this case, you don't want the residue that's on the individual like shreds of cheese to be in the grits. It kind of throws off the balance. So I just get like some sharp cheddar, some extra sharp cheddar. And just grate up what feels like enough to you. And at that point, because you got the salt from the cheese, that's when you're going to finally do your final seasoning with like salt, some butter. I would say no more than a like a tablespoon or two, simply because you've got the fat from the cheese already and the fat from the cream. Yeah. And then you're just going to keep stirring that until it starts to look like, you know, until it starts to taste like and look like, you know, the the bowl of grits that you dream of in your mind. So then to eat it, you just spoon, you know, ladle some grits into like a bowl, put some greens on top with some pot liquor. And um, ideally, if you got the energy after all this, (laughs) then um, (laughs) you chop up some scallions and tomatoes and you put that on top. And that is, these are the weekend grits. The grits take a long time. They're not instant grits. So they're weekend grits, but weeknight collard greens. And it can all come together in about an hour. Brittany, thanks for coming on the show. I'm so ready to make these greens and grits. Thank you so much for having me. This was so much fun. Brittany Luce is the host of NPR's It's Been a Minute. You can find her recipe for weeknight collard greens and weekend grits on Instagram at the.one.recipe and at the onerecipe.org. 
And hey, don't forget to like the episode and share it with a friend. It means the world. This week's episode was made for you by producer Erica Romero, associate producer Ren Farrell, technical director Alex Simpson, and digital producer James Napoli. Sally Swift is our managing producer. APM Studios executives in charge are Chandra Kavati, Alex Schaffert, and Joanne Griffith. Beth Perlman is our executive producer. The One Recipe was created by Sally Swift and Erica Romero. I'm Jesse Sparks. This is APM Studios. Go make some magic. Magic.